Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 in Edmonton. I've got a ton of text to get to on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. At 780-496-0063. We had somebody suggest it was either inane or insane for us to uh, continue to have shows like Oilers Now, uh, as well as Inside Sports. Um, A couple of the texters kind of made me (laughs) laugh a bit. Um, Where was the one? Here it is right here. Oh, I can't find it. Uh, there was one that said the only thing. Anyways, we'll we'll find it a little bit later on. There was one that really had. Uh, uh, this one comes in. Bob, we have uh, Justin Trudeau every day. Thank God for Oilers now. Kevin Mullane, Michael Campbell, Roy Green, and oh yeah, Jay Lynn Nye as well. So that is one of the uh, perspectives that's out there. Uh, this text comes in saying, Craig says, doesn't that complainer realize that you guys broadcast an Oilers show all summer, every summer? You know what's even more hypocritical? It's when you complain about how bad a radio show is, but you continue to listen. Uh, my wife listens to the show every day, and she's not the biggest fan some days. I, I'm just kidding. And actually, she doesn't listen every day. All right. Uh, we are going to head off to our headliner today because, you know, there's nobody that can provide you the, the honesty that your wife can, uh, especially when she's prepared to be a critic which and there's nothing wrong with that i mean that's how good relationships work uh to our orders now headliner brought to you by touchback safety a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times training sessions still readily available pleased to be joined on the line from the nhl network brian lawton hello brian how are you doing yeah, i'm doing great bob how are you good and isn't that how every great relationship works with honest integrity in terms of assessments uh, it is, and interestingly, you know, I, you talk to these teams that are maybe making a change in the direction of how they're run, and the biggest mistake I see teams make all the time is they can't do an honest evaluation of themselves. So that speaks to what you're talking about. you got to get down to the nitty-gritty, to the real true facts when you're in those types of scenarios. 
I was talking about interpersonal relationships between married couples. <laughs> but you took it a different direction. I know nobody gives me more honesty than my wife. Well, with the possible exception of my daughter. She gives me a lot as well. So uh, there you have it. Uh, all right. Look, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. I'm going to take you down. And I don't know how much fun it was for you. 1984 playoffs. You're in your first year in the NHL after being the number one pick in the 1983 NHL draft. And the Minnesota North Stars play who in the third round of the playoffs? Well, of course, the Edmonton Oilers. I remember that series well. What do you remember the most about it that stuck out in your mind? Uh, I remember, you know, the Oilers were just on the cusp of exploding. They had lost to the Islanders, I think, the previous two years. And uh, the thing I remember most about that series, it's kind of a funny story, but we were down three to nothing at home, up big in game four, maybe by three goals. Yep. And uh, I remember looking around the locker room and I could hear guys off talking about, well, geez, we're going to have to go all the way back to Edmonton if we lose this game just to get beat there. And I was a young player and I was like, what did I just hear? Like, is this for real? And, of course, we lose the game, and we lose in regulation. <laughs> I was so just beside myself about it. That is like the – it's one of those funny stories that wasn't very funny at the time, but you look back, and I don't know if that's because the Oilers were – you know, if you think about absolutely coming into their heyday, that was the moment. They were destined – uh, for greatness, you could see that, and uh, we were standing in their way. It was my first year. I remember thinking, "Well, geez, I made it, you know, to the conference finals. I'll for sure play in at least the finals or two one day." And that never happened over the next ten seasons. We're joined by Brian Lott. Yeah, the Oilers set an NHL record: 446 goals scored that year. Gretzky had 87, uh, and for the first time ever, we had three players on one team with 50 plus goals. Gary Curry and Glenn Anderson, who for me might have been the, and I know he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but when you watch the video uh, of when he played, to, you know, like we knew Messier was strong and was an explosive skater. Curry was, you know, an elite level finisher that worked so well with Gretzky. They were damn near unstoppable when they put Anderson with with Gretzky and uh, Anderson at time, or uh, Curry at times. Messier got hurt a couple times in the mid '80s, and they did that. Uh, but Glenn Anderson and and in that specific game that you guys were you guys were up like five three or something like that, and I think they got five goals in the third period uh, in your barn, didn't they? They did. We were up big, and we thought we're you know I was thinking we went easy and. Sure enough, we lost in regulation. But I do agree with you on Glenn Anderson. Glenn is one guy, in my opinion, that if he had been somewhere else, he would have been a team star. But because he was behind so many star players, even though he won consistently Stanley Cups, I still don't think he ever really got his due. I just think he was a heck of a hockey player. Uh, were they Were they cocky to play against back then? Like, did they know how good they were? Uh, they knew how good they were. They, you know, this was a team that, you know, had a variety of, of different rats, so to speak. You know, they had Essa Tikin in, which everybody remembers. Of course, Kenny Lindsman before that. Um, 
I think Keith went out and played there as well, acted. So they played with that edge, but for the most part, their star players, you know, guys like Gratzk and Yuri Curry, you could almost say they were gentlemanly like players in how they played the how they played the game in terms of cheap shots and just doing BS type things. That may have been because they didn't want it done to them. Uh, but those guys handled themselves really well. The, the Kevin McClellans, the Marty McSorleys, they were obviously the guys that were the head of the snake in terms of, you know, just what went on consistently back then, which, you know, was a lot of, a lot of BS. But I will say this, when the Minnesota North Stars played the Oilers, they were always games that I think both teams enjoyed for the most part. Uh, mostly because we had we, we were a version of the Oilers, but one one millionth of them. So we had a lot of guys that wanted to play that style, and we had a lot of talented players: Dino Cicerelli, Brian Bellows, Neil Broughton, Dennis Baruch, Bobby Smith. I mean, you know, at different times, you name it. Uh, and we beat the Oilers a fair share. Yeah. But ultimately, they were a much better team than us. And, uh, you know, the, the one game that stands out is a game we lost 12-8. to eight. Gretz had 4-4 four and four in the first two periods, and then he shut it down, thankfully, in the third period. Um, but that was one of the most entertaining, entertaining hockey games I ever played in. You know, uh, Wayne's told the story. Uh, it was the second of a back-to-back for the Oilers. I think it was on a Saturday, and Edmonton was in Calgary on the Friday night. And... Uh, I'm not surprised he didn't have much left. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. No, I and Pat, that, Hughes, and Pat Hughes knows what I'm talking about. Let's leave it. <laughs> right, right. But, no, it was uh, a different era then. Guys burned the candle at both ends of the stick, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> and God love him for it. Uh, we're joined right now by Brian Lawton. Brian, uh, you know, it, it's it's funny because yesterday the NHLPA put out uh, a best of list and they said, uh, you know, uh, Rogers Place has the best visiting dressing rooms and the second best ice. And where I'm going to go with this is the ice because if, I, if I'm not mistaken, was Edmonton... And then your building in in uh, Minnesota, did, they, did those two arenas not have the hardest ice in the league as well, which allowed the both teams to kind of master that up tempo game where you could really skate? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the only arena I liked playing more in was Edmonton in terms of the ice. They did have the best ice in the in the league throughout the '80s. I think Glenn recognized, you know, there were other teams that maybe were employing a little different strategy smaller corners, you name it, where the ice was never quite that good. But that's part of what made our games always so great, is you had some really pure ice, whether we were in the old forum or we are here at the Met Center. Uh, those games were played on really pristine ice, as good as it got back then in the National Hockey League. Both, both teams could skate. You mentioned the Oilers' toughness. They had a guy that was unpredictable. That was fast. How intimidating was Mark Messier to play against? And I would say circa maybe 1983 to to 1990, because I think his game evolved and he had to stay on the ice more once he got it, especially once he went to the Rangers. You know, but there were, you know, if you watch those old highlights, I mean, there's entire video uh, packages put together 
of Mark Messier elbowing guys or skating through guys or blowing them up. You know, Jamie McCowan injured Mark Messier's knee, and Mark gooned him the one time. I think it was a cheap play. Messier got him back, got suspended for 10. But he also, Jamie McCowan was a tough guy, and Messier filled him in twice with the fists as well. Was he, because of that pace that he could play with, was he a guy you had to have your head on the swivel for? Yeah, you always did. And as a young centerman, it wasn't a lot of fun to play against Mark. Um, he was a little bit of a bully. You know, it's funny, I run into him more frequently now than we were playing, I think. And he's just such a, a great guy. But I absolutely, and I, and I got to know him a little bit in the 1984 Canada Cup. Just had a couple of opportunities to spend a little time when I was playing on Team USA, obviously, and he was on Team Canada. And uh, he's just a terrific guy. But when you get on the ice, anytime you beat Mark clean on a face-off, he would absolutely cross-check you right in the lower back. And then, of course, you'd turn around. And if you wanted to fight, you could fight him. But you really didn't want to turn around and fight him. It was just the worst deal. I mean, I would get mad. I'd slash him. I'd yell at him. He'd just kind of snicker. He didn't care. He did it every single time. You beat him clean on a draw. Yeah, he uh, man, he was a he was a dark lord of the game. You know what I mean? Like he was, Gordy Howe did a little bit of that. Messier did a lot bit of that. And if you're an Oilers fan, you loved it. And if you're a Calgary Flames fan at the height of that uh, Edmonton Calgary rivalry, you despised it. Speaking of yeah. the NHLPA, we referenced them talking about the ice. They voted that Connor McDavid's the best forward, but basically said that Sidney Crosby's still the best player. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Sydney, uh, it's easy for him. I mean, he stands on top of three Stanley Cups, and that still resonates with players, and that's the only difference between Connor and, and Sid. And ultimately, you could say, well, you know, Connor, he's still young in his career. Uh, he hasn't uh, had the teams yet. I think that'll change over the next 10, 12 years, to be honest with you. But if it doesn't, then Connor will be closer to Marcel Dion, and he'll never be near Sidney Crosby because you got to win in the, at the end of the day in this league to earn that extra level of respect. No matter how great you are, you can win every Art Ross trophy. Uh, Ovi, for years, was never really considered that great until he won a Stanley Cup, and his enti- the entire narrative about him has changed. Well, Connor's going to have to go through that. He's going to have to prove that he has what it takes to lead a team if he wants to be in that same ilk. There's no way. Every once in a while I see a poll. Who would you start with? And the answer should always be Connor McDavid. And yet once in a while you'll see people say, well, Sidney Crosby, he's a winner. He's won. Okay, I understand that. But the, the true answer is Connor McDavid. If you want to go on over the next 10, 12 years and win Stanley Cups, that's the player you want to start with. We have Brian Lott joining us right now on Oilers. Now, I should clarify, uh, it wasn't who's uh, the best forward was McDavid at 68.35%. Crosby had uh, about 15% of the vote. Uh, the, if you need to win one game, who's the one player in any position you'd want on your team? And Crosby, uh, 44%, McDavid, 30 So it's not who's the best player, but who, so it's right. a, a different statistical. And then Crosby won yeah. the most complete player over Patrice Bergeron as well. Uh, Barkov came in third, O'Reilly fourth. There's one that I wanted to get to. Jack Michaels and myself have had this ongoing debate. He's a Marc-Andre Fleury guy. I'm a Carey Price guy. 
as to who's the best goaltender in the league. And, uh, you know, uh, Carey Price obviously has won two gold medals for Canada. Some would suggest, Brian, that that's not a big deal, being the goaltender for Canada in 2010 and 2014. Uh, now, that's actually, you know what, Roberto Luongo was a goaltender in 2010. But, that's right. Uh, Price obviously was the goalie in 2014. Canada outscored team 17-3 in that tournament. Price at 41%, Vasilevsky uh, at 17%. Are you surprised that Price is, you know, 24% higher than any other guardian in the league in terms of who the players think the best goalie is? It surprises me a little bit. Um, Mark doesn't have the numbers that are as great as maybe you would think they would, but he does have what we were just talking about, is that winning pedigree. And he also has... I think a lot of emotional support for players, players that know him, that saw how he handled kind of being unseated by Matt Murray on the way to a Stanley Cup a couple of times, really, and just handling it so, so well. And then, of course, going to Vegas and getting back to the finals. So Mark is kind of, uh, you know, he's revered by the players for how he handles himself and the amount of success he's had. Kerry, uh, on the other hand, uh, when he has been on his game and and even for glimpses this year but not as consistent as it was in the past was also revered as the toughest guy to beat on any given night the one guy that you can bring your a plus game and he could still steal the game from you so i i understand that argument they're both great goaltenders um we can always play the what if game if Kerry price had been on the teams mark andre Fleury had been on Maybe they had won one, one more cup. Who knows? But uh, they're both great goalies for different reasons. And, you know, Kerry is a guy that certainly, uh, when he's playing at his best, he's so efficient. He's almost assassin-like in the way he handles himself in the net. He's so calm at all points. He always makes the toughest saves look easy. There's a lot to love about Kerry Price. Uh, they also did the best trash talker, and Brad Marchand won at 25.87%. Uh, Dowdy came in second at 13%. This is the NHL PA players poll. Over 500 players polled on this. When you played, were there a couple guys that were really good trash talkers to the point that they were so funny on opposition teams that they made you laugh at times? One guy that always made me laugh, just he had a little bit of that French-Canadian accent, was uh, Denny Savard. Now, he had Ben Wilson, Harry Nyland, Al Secord, and we could go on and on standing right behind him. So he spoke very freely all the time, but he was actually very witty and very funny. And uh, I, 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 I enjoyed playing against him. That stuff never really bothered me, the trash talking, but... Uh, you know, it wasn't so much in your face back then as I think it is now because right. you had to, unless you were Denny Savard, who was a superstar, and you had the muscle behind him that he did, you had to back it up regularly. I think you can get away with a lot more now, quite frankly. And uh, Not that Brad Marchand hasn't backed it up at times, but he'd have 100 more penalty minutes if he was doing that in the 80s. Because he would have been in about 15 more fights during the course of the year and a couple uh, misconducts exactly. as well. The one, the one story I remember from uh, that Wayne told me was in 1985. They were playing, they were playing the Flyers in uh, Philadelphia, and uh, <laughs> I won't say which Flyer player it was, but it's not a guy that was a particularly gifted player. And the guy was 
chirping at Wayne saying, I'm going to be in your grill if this is going to, you know, if this is going to be a, a long uh, series for you. Wayne turns around in front of the Philadelphia bench and goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I plan on having this thing over at five games. <laughs> and their bench just went <laughs> Their bench just went quiet, right? Like it was like, and sure enough, the Oilers ended up winning the series at five games. But it was one of those, you know, because we don't think of Wayne like – Wayne's more demonstrative on the ice. Was more demonstrative on the ice, obviously, than Connor McDavid is. Connor doesn't get upset that he he keeps it right in. So, interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, well, we avoided the, the elephant in the room, uh, Brian, for the last uh, the, the last twenty minutes. Obviously, a tough time in the United States. Um, you know, we we know it's going to be tough for the next uh, several weeks uh, with COVID nineteen. Uh, I still get the sense if there's a possibility. Uh, from the people I'm talking to, uh, they're going to try to find a way. Is that what you're hearing as well? From I mean, you're closer to it in the U.S. and certainly closer to it in your role at the NHL Network as well. If there's a possibility, yeah. you think they try to... I, I think uh, it's one of those deals where there's a will, there's a way. I did speak to the commissioner on Monday morning just for about 15, 20 minutes to catch up. And, um, you know, if it's possible... I do believe that uh, NHL ownerships and the league office would love to somehow come up with a champion for this year. And when I talk to players, it's overwhelming that that's what they, they want to see the season finished. They want to have a playoff. So, you know, just common sense is if it's possible, it will happen. But in talking to the commissioner, it's still going to, you know, take a back seat, obviously, to the health of all the fans, all the great fans that come to games in the National Hockey League. There's a real long-term view there, and, and, and Terry talked about that, and uh, it doesn't surprise me. But, yeah, I, I think both parties would love to see it happen this year, and that could mean, you know, games in, I don't know, July, August, September that are still part of this season. That That could be a possibility, in my opinion. The commissioner did not say that to me, but uh, I believe that that is absolutely possible. Brian, as always, we appreciate your time. Stay safe, and we'll hook up next week. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That's Brian Lautner, Oilers Now Headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. And uh, part of our top story today for Gray Rock Exteriors, Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free, no obligation inspection today. Visit grayrockexteriors.ca. Uh, obviously, the NHL, uh, all uh, sports leagues taking a back uh, uh, a back step and understanding the, the position that we're in with this pandemic. And we'll see uh, what happens uh, moving forward. But there's still going to be some tough times ahead over the next several weeks. We will take a timeout, head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, who's got ongoing COVID-19 pandemic coverage. At 105, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, but also from the Edmonton Journal. And he pushed out a couple pretty interesting perspectives, including as detailed of a storyline as you will find on Canada's response to COVID-19. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.